Election day is tomorrow. So soon? This thing has just flown by, hasn't it? Just 24 hours out, optimism and anxiety with control of Congress up for grabs. Are you ready for election day? Or are you ready for Election Day to be over? We are finally here after months of campaigning, a record $16.7 billion spent. American voters finally get their say Tuesday. I think the state that we're living in has a name. Ah, yes, the permanent campaign. Today, we're going to recap all the things you may have missed leading up to Election Day. This is Stateside. I'm April Baer. All 50 states are voting on congressional seats, and many states are voting on big races for governor and U.S. Senate. Here in Michigan, well, we've sort of been inundated with big, high-spending statewide races and three ballot proposals. There's a good chance that we won't have full results throughout the state by late tomorrow evening, but votes will be tallied in what is shaping up to be a high-turnout midterm election for Michigan. Here to wrap up the election season with us is Zoe Clark, host of It's Just Politics. Here on Michigan Radio, it is also a podcast. Hey, Zoe. We've almost made it. How are you doing? Oh, I'm good. And I'm going to go buy stock in dark chocolate because I think that's what's getting us all through, right? (laughs) You can't lose. Obviously, everyone's going to be watching Michigan's race for governor pretty closely. Mm -hmm. Attorney General, Secretary of State, and a couple of ballot proposals. But outside of that, can you just give us your your takeaways about races to keep an eye on tomorrow? Oh, sure. I mean, in Michigan particularly, we have these really big races for the state House and state Senate, right? Both of those chambers, the entire chambers up for re-election. Um, and there is a lot of talk now with the 2018 uh, vote to change how we redistrict here in Michigan, an independent commission. And with the new census in 2020 and thus new maps, that there is a possibility of some change, uh, particularly in the state Senate. The state Senate has been Republican for nearly 40 years, more than my entire lifetime. And so it's been Oof. really interesting to watch. Um, as there certainly is a chance uh, that, that you know, there could be some shifts in Lansing when it comes to the state legislature, which gets less attention, but fundamentally has such a big impact on all of our lives. You know, this is this was not uh, per se a pandemic election season like we saw in, say, 2020. But was there anything over the past months of campaigning that kind of surprised you this year? Oh, that's such a good question. I mean, I think one of the conversations that we've continued to have is some of the lack of debates, right? That there was not a debate uh, for the secretary of state race. There was not a debate for the attorney general race. There were only Mm. two debates uh, for governor one of which really only happened in the Grand Rapids media market. And so, of course, uh, erring on the side of of believing more information is better for voters. I think I would have been interested in seeing um, uh, more of these candidates out front and answering more questions about issues. You know, I'm talking about people voting tomorrow, but in point of fact, a lot of people already have voted. For weeks and weeks because of absentee ballots. Yeah. What have you seen about absentee requests slash turnout this time around compared with two years ago, which I guess is when we got our first taste of of, you know, the way that Michiganders might be choosing to vote with with their ballots coming to them in the mail. Right. And it's a little hard because it's a bit like apples and oranges, because what we know in Michigan is we just have higher turnout during presidential years. Just fact about Michigan voters. And so this will be the first midterm election 
where we have no reason absentee ballots. So if you compare it to two years ago, it's a little hard um, because, again, proportionally, there were more requested. But again, that's because two years ago, the, the president's race was, you know, at the top of the ticket. Right. And we're going to be, it feels like, in the next election cycle almost immediately in the the modern era of permanent campaign. Mm -hmm. Is that what sort of some reality that you're seeing on the ground that the parties and the candidates are already sort of thinking about how this week's results will position them for the next thing? Oof. I mean, yes. And, you know, then there's the Sunday shows, you know, the news magazines that are doing the what will the 2022 elections mean for 2024, um, which, again, then makes you open yet another bar of dark chocolate. I mean, yes, there is a <laughs> there is a political and campaign uh, industry, right, that is built for elections and built for the next cycle. Absolutely. Will how races, you know, turn out this election cycle portend for 2024? Absolutely. I think most voters though, would love a little break and would love um, some attention paid to actually trying to fix some problems and, you know, getting some things done. So was there anything new that happened this campaign season that you think will stay with us in the seasons to come? Oh, I mean... Possibly. And it's it's a little pessimistic, but I think much like the conversation we were having earlier about debates, one of the things I'm noticing is um, candidates not always being willing to be interviewed and to ask questions of those candidates and where their positions stand. I certainly hope that that is not the new norm. I think we particularly as journalists need to make sure that it isn't. Um, but I think it's really important for voters to pay attention to which candidates are willing to be interviewed and talk about their issues and which aren't. Michigan Radio's Zoe Clark, the host of It's Just Politics. Zoe, I'll keep the coffee warm for you tomorrow. <laughs> Thanks, Bear Bear. See you Wednesday. Bye. When we come back, we're going to take you to the campus of the University of Michigan, where students are interacting with a giant ballot to cast their vote. We'll be right back. Support for the Stateside Podcast comes from Kalamazoo College, offering a personalized education that combines critical thinking, curiosity, and creativity. Committed to preparing students for meaningful careers that make a positive impact on the world. More at kzoo.edu. Support for Michigan Public's stateside podcast comes from Lake Trust Credit Union, working to empower financial well-being for Michigan consumers, businesses, and communities. Committed to financial solutions and advice to support people and families. More information at laketrust.org. There is a lot we're voting on this year. Two artists in Southeast Michigan have created a new way to read and understand the 2022 ballot. The Creative Campus Voting Project devises interactive, three-dimensional representations of Michigan ballots that you can walk through with step-by-step -step information for every office and every issue. One such ballot for this year can be found at the University of Michigan Duderstadt Center Gallery on the University of Michigan's North Campus. The Ann Arbor City Clerk's Office has also set up a satellite office there so voters can cast their ballot at the exhibit. Stateside's Ellie Katz went to see it and to talk with Stephanie Roden. She's an associate professor at the Stamp School of Art and Design, and she co-created this exhibition with another faculty member. The first thing that a lot of people say when they come in is, 
Wow, it's actually beautiful in here. It is. It's full of light green and purple, and you've got the exposed brick, and it's, it's really welcoming. Will you walk me through? Absolutely, let's start. So the gallery has two big pieces inside of it. One is the pop-up city clerk's office, and the other is an installation called the Ballot Wayfinder. And this is a project that we developed because as we've been working with students over the last couple of election cycles, we realize how overwhelming it can be to actually open up and look at your ballot. Even for experienced voters, it is. Students know what they care about, but then they look at the ballot, and how do you connect what you care about with what's on the ballot? So the first thing that you notice is that there's about 30 feet of vinyl floor graphic, which resembles the first page of the ballot, not with candidates' names, but it's organized by federal, state, and local, and the different offices that are on the ballot. And this graphic actually spills out into the hall, even when the doors are closed. Let's head over to the state section. Okay. So what you notice here is that there are no candidates' names, but it's a kind of schematic of how the ballot is organized. So our thought is, before you figure out who you want to vote with, let's just orient to what's on the ballot. So this is the first page, which is the partisan section of the ballot, where candidates are identified by party. And we've got what we call wayfinding polls with these giant cubes that you can rotate. And each cube describes a particular office on one side with a very short description and on the other three sides how that office impacts a few issues. Which cube do you want to look at? I, I'm an environmentalist so let's start with that one. <laughs> yeah okay so on this side of the cube it says Board of Regents. The Regents make decisions that affect U of M's environmental impact and then for each of these sides we've got an example, really short example. Uh, this one says, for example, the two regents that you elect will determine if the university prioritizes reducing carbon emissions. This isn't meant to be comprehensive. We've just taken about five or six issues that we've spread over these various wayfinding cubes that you can spin around. But it's a way to dip your toes and start to realize, oh, all these offices actually, they impact different kinds of issues, some of which might interest me. And then you can think about, okay, maybe I've never thought about county commissioner or state attorney general. Oh, maybe I'm interested now in really researching them. Over here, we've got areas of the installation that describe other parts of the ballot. So for example, the judicial races. This might be the first time that the state judicial system was explained in felt. I love it. it. It makes me want to go up and touch it and play around with it. So a lot of people say that coming into the exhibit. Yeah. They say, wow, this, is, uh, this makes me want to touch everything. And I think there is something about that. I like to think about art and design as being about imagining possibility and maybe even transformation. So... In a way, we're trying to reimagine what could the voting experience be like and how to welcome new voters, which are student voters, generally speaking, into the process. A few steps away from the big interactive walkthrough ballot where Stephanie and I talked, 
There's an official Ann Arbor City Clerk's Office with a few employees working, helping people get registered and vote. And I ran into a couple students, Peyton and Eli, who were there to do their civic duty. Is this your first time voting? It is, yeah. T can you tell me a little bit what it was like coming in here and, and how the process was? It was super easy. I definitely really wanted to vote. I know a lot of important stuff is on the ballot, so I was definitely looking forward to it. Um, I've been planning on it for like three weeks and I kept putting it off, um, so Eli made me come. Um, <laughs> You're Eli, I take I it? Am. Okay, yes. nice. And can you tell me a little bit about the first time you came here? Yeah, um, so I came here last week, super easy experience. Um, and then when I went through the process, I was like, okay, well, now I don't have an excuse to get other people involved. Um, so yeah, it's, it's been fulfilling, not only voting, but also getting other people involved too. Did you just walk by and see it, or did you hear about it somehow else? Mm -hmm. Yeah, so I've seen the, um, all of the media around campus about it. I've walked past it at the UMA on central campus, and then here at the Dude, which is actually perfect, because as an engineering student, I'm on North all the time, um, so it was easy to find the time in between classes. I was like, okay, got to get it done. Came in here, registered, literally took five minutes, um, and I had my ballot in my hands, so... Yeah, it was really easy, and yeah. That's awesome. Mm -hmm. Well, thanks, y'all. Yeah, can sure. I get a high five as of well? Of course, yeah, you can. <laughs> high five for the mom. <laughs> exactly. Thank Have a so good much. one. Yes. Bye. <laughs> okay, I'm in the voting box. I have a little bit of my ballot filled out, but I'm standing here filling in the little squares and Googling <laughs> about each candidate. Um, and as soon as I fill that out, I can walk over to the city clerk, um, get any help that I need, or there's also a city ballot box right behind me that I could just pop this into, and then I'm good to go. And that's the Stateside Podcast. I'm April Bear. You can find full Stateside episodes that you can stream anytime you want at michiganradio.org. Today's podcast was produced by Mercedes Mejia. Other producers on our show are Mike Blank, Ronia Cabansag, and April Van Buren. Our podcast editor is Rachel Ishikawa. Our executive producer is Laura Weber-Davis. Music for the pod comes from Blue Dot Sessions. Thanks for listening. We will see you tomorrow. Bye-bye. Hi, I'm Rebecca Williams. I'm Lester Graham. We've been working on a big project about Great Lakes birds called the Bird Connection. It will look at ducks and trumpeter swans. Egrets and herons. And piping plovers. Yes! We'll discuss what we've discovered at a Michigan Public Issues and Ale event. Including how some problems for birds are problems for people. It's at Arbor Brewing Company in Ypsilanti the evening of May 21st at 7. You can register at michiganpublic.org.